it is another episode of Leveling Up with Brigham Blackham. I've got my my new friend Carol here. She is she is an awesome expert on leadership. Her name is Carol Metz Murray. She's going to be talking about us uh, about naked leadership, which is a way that we can strip away some of the facades that we have as leaders and really get down to communication and how it can help people really connect. And this is something that she's an expert in. And I'm so excited to have her on today. We're part of a speaking group on Facebook. And that's how we got got to know each other. And I am so excited and grateful for her to spend a, you know, a little bit of time with us today and to to go a little deeper on leadership. So Carol, can you first start off, let us know a little bit more about your experience and your background, your origin story, if you will. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I'm excited to be here with you. And I mean, it's been great, you know, as we got to know each other through Facebook. I love technology for for many reasons, but that's one of them. So really, my story, gosh, I could I could go back and forth, but on a variety of stories, my point of where naked leadership truly began was the day that the my doctor said to me, Carol, you need to deal with this. And if you don't deal with it, I'll make you deal with it. You have been so stressed for all of your life and here you are in a mess. Mm. And that mess was that I had burnt myself out to the point that my mental health was in tatters, my physical health was in tatters. I was a mess. I didn't even remember my name. Mm. Scary stuff. Wow. Absolutely scary, scary stuff. And it was also, in essence, what I needed to hear. I guess you just get a kick in the backside, perhaps, <laughs> to say, hey, Carol, you need to deal with this. You really need to deal with this. Otherwise, you're no good to yourself or to anyone else. That was the beginning of Naked Leadership mm. and my journey to truly begin to discover who I am, who is the authentic, vulnerable, real Carol. That was the beginning of learning to lead myself Love before it. I could lead others. And I have been in leadership positions all of my life. So how can I work with others if I don't really know who I am? I, you know, I That is so true. If we don't understand ourselves, how, how do we lead somebody else? That's right. That's right. And it's, you know, it's also very amazing and not so amazing is by getting to that point of total burnout. I mean, I was a workaholic because I had to prove to everybody, especially myself, that I could do the work, that I could get an education, mm. that I, you know, really could rise in the ranks. Well, all of that came with a cost. All of it came with the cost of not taking care of, of me. And I didn't deal with childhood traumas nor had I dealt with the trauma from a violence-filled marriage and everything came crashing down as wow. it does sometimes if and when you're not paying attention and leading yourself and I wasn't paying attention so in essence yes that was my journey into naked leadership and the more that I became naked and the qualifier here is you keep your clothes on because this is <laughs> right. an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so fun. Well, it's, it's a great hook though. People are like naked leadership. What is going on? Yeah. But, but really what, what the essence of that is, it, it seems like you're stripping away all those, those facades in Chinese. There's this expression of, of mianzi. it's the face, the honor that we put forth into our, uh, into our space and say, Hey, this is who I am. A lot of times, we are so much more than the facade that we put on. We strip that away. And who we are on the inside is much more interesting. It's flawed and it's beautiful, but we're not always open enough to let others see. 
So can you help us understand what the, the very basic level, what is naked leadership? Uh, if you're like saying, hey, I've got a brand new client, never even talked with them before. How do you let them understand what naked leadership is? Go ahead. Well, naked leadership to me comes in you know, several levels, but quite frankly, if I am talking to a prospective client and I'm meeting with them and they say to me, Carol, I'm a mess. I don't know what I do. I'm doing. I don't know why I'm in this leadership mm -hmm. position. And my question to them is, so where would you rather be? Where would you rather be? When that question gets answered, then it's, what are your values? What is it that you value in your life? You. I'm not talking about your, your career. I'm not talking about family. What is you value? So in essence, really, it's, it's going to the beginning. It's like using the tree as a metaphor. It's getting to the seed and looking at the seed and how it has been planted and nurtured to then begin to grow. So really it it, it is, it's going to the heart of the matter. Does that, that sounds rather Zen. That is though the approach that I use with every client because when I work with someone, it isn't about me. Mm -hmm. I partner with them. I'm there to help them create who they are or who they've forgotten they are or who they've put aside yeah. because they thought they had to be this persona over here. So in essence, then is discovering those values. Well, if that's your value, if Family, for example, is your number one value. Where is your family on the scale of one to 10 right now? Is it at a one or is it at a 10? Mm. And it really is the beginning of discovering who you are. You know, it's, and that... And it's different for everyone. There isn't one formula either from my perspective because everyone is unique. Everyone is a different character who comes to the table with different perspectives, different, say, issues, different traumas that are keeping them stuck, if that's the right word, or keeping them from feeling fulfilled. Because oftentimes what I find in leadership, and we're, you know, we're all leaders, is that people have this huge emptiness inside of them because they've disconnected from who they are. Mm. So let's let's talk about disconnection for just a moment because it's really easy to disconnect. It's not always easy to to reconnect. So how do we know that we're we're disconnected from who we're supposed to be? And what are some of the steps that you've noticed or the processes that you've noticed to reconnect? Well, certainly one of the ways to notice that you're disconnected is what I just said, is that there's this feeling of emptiness inside of you. Mm. Or another one is that people are looking for happiness in the external environment. Yes. Well, they're going after this and then they're going after that and then they're going after that. When in essence, it's stop, just stop. Mm. What's going on and who are you being at that, at that moment? And it's really easy to disconnect because for me, if I hadn't disconnected who from who I was, would I have burned out? Probably not, but I wasn't paying attention to what I needed. I was, I disconnected to thinking that that was how I was coping. My disconnection was a coping method 
and a strategy for what was going on in my life that I didn't want to face. You know, that reminds me of, uh, of a quote, and I'm not going to get it perfect, but this idea that if you're really living your sole purpose, you're, you love something, you, you have an, a boundless amount of energy and excitement and enthusiasm that you can pour into it. But if you, if you honestly don't love something, if you're disconnected and you're doing something that you're not passionate about, it's very finite, the amount of energy that we can put into that and still be able to come out the other side and be okay. So let, let's talk about this. When, when you are reconnecting someone that has been been disconnected for a long time, what are some of the, the very simple processes that, that you give them or maybe even tools to, to say, hey, let's figure out where you're at and how we can take that next step? Well, there's, there's a variety of different things that I do, depending again on an individual mm -hmm. and depending on where they, where they are in their life. One of the strategies that I will use with individuals is a very simple strategy that I refer to as release, reclaim, rewrite it, and then you receive it. And it is, you know, if there is something that is really, really bothering you when we meet, and it's a matter of, you know, for a woman, it's put your left hand over your heart, or for a man, it's put your right hand over, over your heart, and release, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's anger. So, release that you know it's it's really concentrate on it so it's like a mini meditation and release the anger like just let it go yeah. then you reclaim that space that's now empty mm. yeah reclaim that space okay now what are you going to rewrite it with so in essence if you were angry what is it that was the tipping point that made you angry? What's the emotion underneath that? How can you rewrite it? You know, so it may mean you, in essence, you do a mindset shift. You go from a negative to a positive. Mm -hmm. And then, in essence, you take that in. You, you receive that in that empty space. You know, it could be, you know, I'm angry because I keep telling myself I'm a loser. Mm -hmm. And you shift that to something that, that suits you that says, I am who I am. And I am filled with happiness, you know, whatever it might be. But even and those, those tiny little shifts... I mean, I did that with, uh, I went through that exercise with someone actually in a discovery call and they were so stressed and they were bouncing, literally, I mean, they were bouncing all over the place. And I just said, stop, just stop. Let's do this little exercise. And it was amazing. It was like, I could actually hear them releasing and we we were we were on zoom but i could hear them releasing and when oh, yeah. exercise was finished it was like oh i can breathe yes now you can breathe because you've gotten you've moved all of that energy you've let it go yeah so you know as i said to the individual look at the weight that that energy had and how it was holding you down that's so good. You know, that yeah. reminds me of a, uh, of an analogy that I used as a, as it was a Sunday school class that I was teaching. I brought these balloons. I filled them up, filled up these little balloons and I had people, uh, do their very best to keep all of the balloons in the air at the same time. They'd hit them and they weren't filled with helium. So they wouldn't stay up. They'd have to hit them. And eventually a few would fall down. They, they'd, oh, like, man, I just can't do it. I said, Hey, keep the balloon in the air. And they they kept doing it and they they were so frantic and they got all all jazzed up and then i said all right now let's put all of the balloons down but one 
Now keep the balloon in the air. Every single one of these little kids could do it. Sometimes it's not that we are not capable. It's that we are unfocused. That we don't put that balloon down and say, I'm going to do this only until I can get it right. And then perfect. All right, now I'm done with that one. Put that down. I'm going to do my next balloon. It doesn't need to be that complicated, right? It sounds like this release, reclaim, rewrite. That is a, a, a great tool. I love that. Um, yeah. Do you have a, another story that maybe you you wish uh, someone knew this before they uh, they went through some some traumatic or dramatic uh, experience that you're like, man, after I shared this, this, this tool of, of releasing, they're able to find some peace or clarity. Do you have a, an experience of a client or something of that nature? I have an, a client who, um, yes, a client who came to me when I was actually in a leadership position and I took me two, two, meetings with this individual to figure out that it was I was being called to help this client I wasn't like I was actually in a CEO position but this client who really needed to be seeing staff wanted to talk with me mm. and then it was oh okay I get it I'm getting the message <laughs> so this client came in sat in my office and they started to do this, you know, I mean, they were running, yes, this. And the next thing I knew was out of my mouth came the words, so when are you going to stop running? Mm -hmm. And immediately, the river of tears started. It was just amazing, absolutely amazing. And I'm sitting there watching, just, you know, really, really focused on this client. And then I happened to see what was on their feet. And I said, do you always wear running shoes? And that brought them out of their river of tears. And they looked at me and they said, Yes. He said, well, isn't that a metaphor for your life? So what would happen in your life if you actually walked? And they sat straight up in, you know, straight up in their, in the chair mm -hmm. and looked at me, said, I'd never thought of that. He said, off you go. You figure it out. Let me know what you figure it out, what it is. I never heard from them for about a month. And then they showed up at my door and they said, I just want you to know, I have signed up to go back to school. I have found a place to live. And I am working on issues with my, my children to get them back mm. and look at the shoes I'm wearing now. I love that. But it was in that moment of just, um, you know, even me getting out of my own way and allowing the message of naked leadership to come through is you are in charge of your life now. So lead your life and move forward. So, I mean, it was just so amazing to watch the transformation in this individual. And that was what they needed to kickstart their life in a different direction. I think sometimes when you have a conversation with someone that's farther down the road, they've been there, done that, they've, they've got a different perspective than you. When you have a conversation, one question can unlock so much potential. Just that, when are you going to stop running? That, that changed the trajectory of trajectory of their life. Mm -hmm. Just like an airplane going to Bali, they're, they're going to be off course 99% of the time, but those micro course corrections will get them to their destination. We have to know where we're going. But we don't have to know the how. The how only shows up after we've arrived. 
So I, I'm curious, Carol, when when you are uh when you're kind of working through some of these challenges with with yourself and taking off that facade, the the masks that we all put up, what has helped you stay vulnerable as a leader to be able to lead with your your heart and your soul rather than with this is my authority and you just need to listen to me? You know, go ahead. Great, great question. So really what has kept me humble? Just given all of my history, one of one of my leadership um, skill sets was that I have always asked for feedback and input from those that I have led. But uh, the humbling experience of moving forward as as a leader, it's not about me being right. And it's been, how can we make this happen? Now, what is it that we need to do to bring this forward? And that has been, sometimes it takes a lot of energy to bring people in because they're, for whatever reason, maybe resistant to fully stepping into who, who they are. And I, you know, the only person I can change is me. Yeah. And actually that too is part and parcel of it. The more that I change, the more others will change around me. The more that I step into who I am, the more that that will shine for others to see and they will step forward in who they are. So being there, being there for clients, being that partner, being that co-creator and being that demonstration of I know you can do this. You know, I know you can step into your greatness and demonstrating who I am, being there, being present for them, fully present for them. Love it. You know that I'm reading a book right now called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I, I love this book. I've read it once before, but there's this moment in that book that just reminded me of this. She was, uh, she was at a sea level event and she's like, oh, this is people that are, you know, on the ground level. She's like, no, there was like CEOs, CFOs. And she got this, this fear inside of her that she's like, I don't know if I can do this. She called her husband and she was like, I don't know if I can do this. I, I've got all these ideas, but I, and she, she was just struggling. And then her husband turned to her and he, he basically said, they're just people. All of us have, have dreams. We have hopes. We all have things we're challenged with and struggles. Just find the person that that is like resonating with what you're saying and deliver it to that person. Sometimes we we get so caught up that we aren't perfect. We don't have all the real estate that we want. We don't have all the money that we don't want. We've got so many different struggles that mm -hmm. are outside of our control that uh, we, we put on these self-limiting beliefs. But when we are willing to open up and, and let other people see we are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Carol's not perfect. Guys, all the guys on, on online, they're not perfect. And that's okay. We're, we're going through this mortal experience. And leadership in my experience has been about raising your hand and saying, hey, if you need help, I'm here for you. It's like being a water tower, not the firefighter. They need to get the water. You give them the water so they can go fight their own fire. And it's so, so important to, to realize we, we don't have to be that firefighter in every single person's life. So Carol, yeah. tell me, tell me a little bit more. What, if, if you were, were going to be, be helping us understand how to level up in our leadership, what is, what is some advice that you would give us? Well, first, before I, I, respond to that, I'm going to share with you um, something that came up in a conversation the other day. When we talk about we don't need to be perfect, 
is to remember everything is perfectly imperfect and imperfectly perfect. I love it. So getting on to advice for someone to up-level who they are. One of the ways, and this comes from personal experience to up-level who who I was and who you are is when you look, I'm going to use the word intimacy. Okay. Okay. And often we think of when the word intimacy comes out, it's we think of intimacy with a partner, but I take the word intimacy as into me, I see, mm. and I am I. But it was in up-leveling who I am and my leadership is to look at the little eyes. So the little eyes in, in me, what is it that triggers me? You know, what is it about, what is it about Susie over there who's part of my team and just, she just annoys me? Well, Susie is annoying me because Susie is mirroring back to me stuff that's going on inside of me mm. so what is it in me that i need to release so that i see susie fully for who she is you know so that's certainly one way and for me it's critical that we continue to kind of grow and learn or learn and grow who we are and the more that I am able to take those little T's, those little eyes, and discard them, the stronger the I becomes. And then in, you know, the I in, in whatever kind of relationship, you know, in the leadership role or whatever, if you have an I, that turns into a me plus me, and you have you have stronger inner strength. That may sound Zen, but it not, but it is a way of building your strength as a leader. It is a way of saying, well, golly gee, I don't need that anymore. That's not serving me. So have a look at internally what is going on for you and I will say to you just something that's happened to me very recently you know and here I am a speaker and have been speaking for an, a good number of years and I received feedback that I was too professional oh. so what does, what does that actually mean you know, and that's somebody else giving me feedback. So, you know, and I'm remembering that's coming from, so what's going on for them? However, however, I took 10 steps back to say, okay, so what is the message that I'm then delivering? Who am I being? And I discovered for me, it was, okay, Carol, you really need to get deeper into your heart and speak from your heart versus your head oh that's yeah. a great insight speak from yeah. your heart, not your head yes yes and the more that i got into uh looking at this and i and one way to help me was that i stepped on to doing a 30-day video challenge where I did a video every day, a 10 minute video, could do it on Zoom, but not look at myself and just talk about what was going on inside of me. Amazing how much was going on, you know, and it surprised me. But actually, the more that I talked, the more I got it out. And I know that I am different. You know, because if it sits inside, 
it's heavy weight. So an essence is really, you know, get in to your heart. And I believe it's, um, what is his name? Al Albert Brenner, who says the longest distance, our longest journey you will ever take is the 18 inch journey from the top of your head to your heart, where you come at life through your heart and have your head follow. Because our head is all about safety and security. You know, keeping us safe. The heart is is the creativity and the curiosity and who are you being in this moment? So that, you know, that's a big one for me. And, you know, I just, I encourage everybody to give that a go and see what happens. Yeah. Get out of get about out of our own head. Yes, living through our heart. Yes, uh, man, th this makes me think of a handful of different things. But uh, one of them recently was I, I have a coach named Greg Kimball. He's he's awesome. He's one of our instructors here in our our real estate community. But he talks about sharing heartbeats with people. Don't worry about sharing moments. Share about share heartbeats. And the difference and the distinction there is. When we are having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation, it's very different than mind-to-mind. Heart-to-heart is we're, we're willing to open up and connect and be vulnerable and be intimate and let our guard down a little bit. And I think that's part part of what I'm, I'm hearing here. I'm still new to this idea of naked leadership, but being willing to let our guard down, to, to actually connect on a, on a human level rather than just an intellectual level. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. You know, what, what is something that uh, that people online don't know about you that, that you would love to to share that will help us understand your story a little bit better, help us connect with you a little bit more? Tell us one of those stories. Hmm. Well, there's there's many stories, but one I will share with you on my leadership journey is not only am I full of curiosity, I'm also have an adventurous streak. Mm -hmm. So I'm often doing things that, oh golly gee, I've, well, I've, but I've never done that before. One of the things that I did when I lived in the far, far north, I decided I was going to take a leadership course. Mm -hmm. This was a leadership course that was going to be on the water and the prerequisite was that you had never ever canoed before. Oh wow. And we would be doing whitewater rafting. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Well, I was so scared. And yet there was this little voice that said, You gotta go do it, Carol. Just go and do it. So it was two weeks long. And there were 10 women and two women instructors. So there we were doing whitewater rafting, living, you know, on the river, sleeping beside the river, and most everybody afraid of the of the bears, because we were in grizzly country. Oh wow. But it was an adventure. I mean <laughs> I can laugh about it even more now, but just think about this from the convenience of home and where you have the bed and you have the bathroom and you have the toilet. When you're out in nature, you have to take care of things in a different way. And for me, because I grew up on the Canadian prairies and understood some of what was in front of us there were moments of some laughter when the question was is well did you bring a porta potty and what the woman was handed was here's a shovel you go figure it out it's <laughs> awesome yep you know, there were things like that. There were, 
um, you know, there was that experience of there you are canoeing down the river. And golly gee, what's standing on the um, riverbank looking at you? Not, none other than Mr. Grizzly. Oh, and goodness. Everybody panicking. It's just literal panic. And I remember me, I, I hadn't come face to face with a grizzly, but there I was, is calm down, like calm down, because the more fear that you escalate, the quicker the bear will be over here. So calm down and move out of fear and the bear will walk away. So mm. it was just like, you know, calm down. <laughs> and the bear did turn and leave, you know, and, and then it was, well, Carol, how would you know that? It's, that's in, that's intuitive because I have a connection with, with animals, but it was adventures like that, or, you know, an adventure of sitting under a, a, a tree, that doesn't sound like much, but when you're in, in the wilderness and you never know what animal might come to visit you that that was pretty daunting for for uh, all of us and i've got to tell you going through the whitewater rapids holy doodles <laughs> <laughs> that took all sorts of of concentration and you know the skills of, of focus and the skills of action because you needed to to um, just move the canoe in the right way and do the right stroke at the right time, or otherwise you would end up in the water, not going through it. So, mm. and never having canoed before, oh, let me tell you, there was there was some hair raising seconds, but we all got through it without anyone tipping their canoe. Oh wow! So really and truly, that that adventure. And the other thing too, I forgot, was we had no phones. We were not connected to the outside world, so to speak. So really it was learning to be in silence as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's an adventure. I oh meeting a, a grizzly bear while you're using the the natural facilities and <laughs> seeing what's uh <laughs> You know, we talk about vulnerability. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I've got a shovel and that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's it. Really you go figure it out. So really and truly then taking that and, and incorporating that, you know, allowing your, well, for me, I know it was to actually then sit back and go, wow, mm. wow, I, I did that. That's part of me. You know, that didn't, some of it came from here, but some of it also came from my heart. And it was like, yes, it's okay, Carol, to to be vulnerable. And, and so look for those opportunities with those that you are leading to get them to step into situations where they will have the opportunity to grow and expand themselves. Be there as the guide. Yeah, be there as the grizzly on the on the bank. <laughs> wow, there you go. And I I love this expression holy doodles because it, when something's new and exciting, things just come out of our mouths that we don't even know we're we're there before. So, I'm curious, how have you created uh, holy doodle moments for your clients? Oh, that's that is a great question. Well, one that comes up for me is with a client who is very much into nature, mm -hmm. very, very much spends time in nature. It was in a session that we were having. As I listened to them, it was out of my mouth came, ah, what might serve you well is advice from a tree. And they were, uh, what do you mean? Well, what do you think a tree would say? And think about a tree. Think about it. It starts from a seed and that seed grows. Nobody tells it how to grow. 
nobody tells it that it needs to establish a foundational base, that it needs to have strong roots. It just does that. So what do you think the advice from a tree might be? Certainly is one is remember your roots. Remember to stand tall. Mm. Remember what the seasons of nature bring for you. And from that point on, we referenced the advice from a tree in every session. And that truly resonated with them because of their tie into nature and, and their need to be grounded you know, by standing on, on soil, not on concrete or a floor. So that was a profound moment for that particular client. In that fact, just, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, that reminds me of a story that I heard uh, of one of the prophets in my, my church. He, he talked about how he left a, a wedge in a tree, a little metal wedge. And as the tree grew, he forgot about it for years. As the tree grew, it eventually split because that wedge had worked itself in there and gotten worse and worse and worse. And it wasn't difficult to remove. It would have been just take it out and it would have been fine. But sometimes we we have these experiences that that can split us if we don't get them out of our, our life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we've got these, these wedges in our life that that will prevent our growth. Even though we're growing, the tree was growing like it was north, it was supposed to. It had good soil, it had good light, everything was working for it, but the wedge obstructed its growth so much that it eventually split and it killed the tree. So let's go along this idea because I think this is a, a fun thing to worry about, or not to worry about, to uh, explore. And tell us a little bit more how with this client you're able to you know, expand this analogy of what can you learn from a tree? Well, they took the tree and you know it said the tree came up in every session and depending on what it was that was that they were dealing with you know in a session you know it was something of the analogy of a tree well a tree depending on the type of the tree it is turn over a new leaf mm. you know so that could very much be seasonal. But a tree also, wherever it is, it enjoys the view around it. You don't hear a tree complaining. You, you know, it's not like, get out of my way, I can't see the view. It just keeps growing. It keeps expanding. And that was the other thing as well. From a tree's perspective, continue to grow. Mm. don't don't settle for the status quo that's so good i i love it this this reminds me of a of another uh tree analogy it's like hey can you count the amount of seeds in an apple you're like yeah of course well you break it open you're like oh it's got 12 seeds but can you count the amount of apples in a seed no yeah because it is possibility yeah. And it's growth. And if that seed has been planted in a good place and it's nurtured and it has the potential to grow, it can not just produce one apple. It can produce thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands because that apple falls and then the tree grows and it can become a forest. So this idea of what can you learn from a tree, is there anything else that pops into your mind as far as your 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 practice or, or coaching or, or even stories that you're like, man, this is something else that I think would be helpful here. Well, from a tree's perspective, go out on a limb. Mm. Take some risks. Be open to change because change is going to happen and continue to grow with that change and with that shift. And again, that's all tree related. Yeah. And while you're doing that, all of that ensure your foundation is strong. So that's where you get to the lead 
yourself before you lead others. Right. You know, be the leader in your life. So in essence, I mean, it's the other two is reach out, you know, and reach for the sky, all sorts of possibilities. I love that. I mean, yeah. The oh, truth this just popped into my head. I, I, I'm just riffing with you. I think it's so fun. Um, sometimes uh, seeds fall on bad ground, right? I've heard this in, in the Bible. There's lots of different examples of it falls by the wayside or gets trodden underfoot. Uh, sometimes as, as humans, we get stuck thinking that our environment uh, isn't as important as it actually is. If we're in a bad environment, we need to, we need to uproot and transplant that tree somewhere that it actually can grow, that it can have the sunlight, that it can have the nourishment that it needs, and that it can have good soil. So in, in your life, have you ever had uh, people that have maybe been in a, a bad relationship, but have been in something that has been been really just an awful environment. And when you took them out of that environment and put them in something else, they just thrived. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in um, some of the, you know, some of the work that I have been involved in. And, and I mean, I've, I've seen it in say relationships mm -hmm. that just are, they're not going anywhere. They are they're dead end and neither individual as as a couple is they're just they're not going to grow they're going to really deteriorate so i have i have actually seen and witnessed you know an individual taking taking them out of the environment and i mean the story i gave you earlier about stopping running. That wow. was someone who by who took themselves out of the environment that they were in and they recreated an environment, a new environment. Yeah. You know, and they did go through the schooling. They completed the schooling. They then got a job and they then also were able to deal with what they needed to deal with where children were involved where their children were involved so they recreated their whole life where over here they were in an environment that they felt they couldn't get out of you know and the, and the analogy of the running shoes is they just kept running in circles i i think using powerful analogies that that you can look at from multiple perspectives helps in so many different ways. So one of the, the points of this podcast is to really help us understand how to level up, how to find patterns of progress. And I'm curious if, if you could help us understand some patterns of progress that you've seen in leaders, what would be some advice that you'd share on that patterns of progress? So pattern of progress for me begins with a commitment mm. and that is I need to change and I can use my own story where the day that I committed that I needed committed to myself admitted and then committed to myself that I needed to change my life because nobody was going to change it for me. You know, no one's coming to save me. No one's coming to save you. But it's making that commitment to do one thing, just one thing to move yourself forward. So it may be, you know, as a CEO, you realize and you know, deep down, you know that if you shifted your behavior in how you see your staff that productivity would increase mm. because quite frankly performance is related to productivity and performance is also related to how we all get along together so as that CEO, if you stop and say, okay, this isn't working, 
be committed to actually making that statement. I need to change. I need to find something to help me see the world differently. Mm. It, it really does start with a decision. It's decision, making a decision, decide now. And you mentioned Brene Brown. Well, she spoke and speaks very highly on courage. Yeah. So for me, as you make that commitment, but as you wanting to level up, is first is decide. And then, yes, when you decide, open up the courage that you have kept contained and not allowed to come out. And for that, I use the analogy is open up the container that surrounds your heart. For me, courage sits. Courage, which turns into bravery, sits beside, you know, around your heart. So does fear. And at that time, you take fear and you send it to the back of the bus. You don't need it anymore because you've now stepped into courage. Like and, that. you know, and you grow that your courage muscle by, okay, I've made that decision. So today I will do this. It's no really up-leveling who you are as a person and committing to make that change. It could be, you know, look at, at a commitment. The change may be you need to improve your health in order to be a better leader. Okay, so make the commitment that each day you will walk 5,000 steps and you do that. You made that commitment. Maybe you need somebody to help you keep accountable, but you 100%. do that day in and day out. You ask for, for support. Ask others, you know, tell others this is what you're doing and they will help you keep accountable. But even, not, not even that, it, it's, that is a commitment that you have just made to yourself. So if you make that one and keep it, then you realize you can, you have a look and say, hey, I just did that. So now I can, I have the bravery to make, take the next step and I can look at, oh, that behavior where did that behavior come from? Why do I have this need to be right? Mm -hmm. Why is it my way or the highway? And be open then to begin to look. It could get a little messy, but life is messy. But as you look at that, then you're also up-leveling who you are. And when you see where that, you know, where that behavior has come from, that pattern that you put in place for whatever reason to, you know, get you through a, a time of your life and you didn't let it go, well, you can let it go. That may sound simple. And sometimes it, it is just as, okay, I don't need it. Goodbye. And sometimes it takes a little bit of work. I I love that. It does take a little bit of work to, sometimes. And uh, while you were talking, that this idea of how we treat people, it just keeps popping up to the to the surface. That if we treat people with with that idea of how how we see them and their potential, rather than where they are right now. Leadership is not about saying, this is what you've done. This is who you are right now. It's about saying, I see greatness in you. I see your genius. I see there is potential that is untapped. And if we, if we treat the, if I use this medical analogy, if we treat the symptom only, the cure doesn't come. But if we treat the, the cause, the reason that they may not be producing in certain ways, then there can be healing that happens and progress can happen. So uh, I'm curious, uh, in, in your experience, what are some of those, those, those external struggles that you've, you've had those challenges that you're like, man, this, 
this almost derailed my career or this this almost took me out of the game. But because of your mindset, your skill set, your tool set, you're able to work through those really difficult challenges. Tell us a story about those challenges. Well, one of my challenges with, well, was um, the coping strategy that I developed as a little girl was that whole piece around being a workaholic, mm. that whole piece around being perceived as being perfect. You know, that's the persona that I built. And that's the persona that I went forward with in the world. So the pressure that I put on myself to constantly be perfect sometimes had some not great moments because as the perfectionist, I would automatically say, well, I should have known better. And I would keep all the blame on my shoulders. And in essence, it did backfire on me because I did burn out. And at that time, I then ended up also losing the, what I referred to as my dream job. Wow. You know, so, so that was a huge negative. Now, I'll share with you an incident where there was some humor to it. And I actually, I actually laughed, but only when I was by myself. Okay. I was I was doing a project with a government agency. And I will just uh, a qualifier is that I have soft sounds dyslexia. So I did this report and I presented it to four individuals and they were all male. We're sitting in the meeting. And I kept looking at each one of them and I knew something was going on. Nobody, nobody would say anything. And I thought, what, you know, okay, is the report not what they wanted? I thought that we had met and this was, you know, the, the research I had done and the information I had gathered, this is what they what they said they wanted. Hmm. Finally, I just said, can you tell me what it is about the report that you are struggling with? Immediately, immediately, there were four red faces. Uh, oh, this is going from bad to worse, absolutely. So I said, you know, it was a vulnerable moment. If I think about it now, was I said, okay, can you tell me what it is in the report that has you tongue-tied and unable to tell me what it is? One of the men takes the report and pushes it to me and points at a word. And I looked at it and I just went, oh no. Technology is wonderful. Spell check is wonderful. The word that I needed to have in the report was public. The word that I actually had written was pubic. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> and of course, it wasn't just one place in the report. It was in a variety of places. Wow. <laughs> Talk about naked leadership. There you go. <laughs> oh, it was it was naked. I mean, I looked at all of them and I apologized profusely and I said, I will, I will fix this, you know. And I said, is there anything else? 
And they said, no, the report's fine. And I said, okay, thank you. I'm going to go to the salon. We're going to get it waxed. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. Be awesome. So, you know, Lakewood Leadership has some, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes when when we're willing to be vulnerable and allow those mistakes to to just be and say, hey, I'm not perfect and that's okay. I, I feel more endeared to you because you shared that story. All of us make mistakes. I'm going to share a story with you as well because this is me being vulnerable. When I was a missionary, I was learning Mandarin Chinese. I was struggling to do this. My first couple months in Taiwan, I I had a little bit of uh, struggle with, with that the idea of, uh, I'm just going to apply what I, I'm learning. And I went to this grocery store, right? I walk in, you hear this ding, ding, right? You walk in and I I had this word in my mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to be saying xiang uh, jiao, which means banana, xiang jiao. And I went up and I talked to this uh, this nice Taiwanese lady with my companion. I was like, ni wen yo meo xing jiao? And she looked at me and my companion looked at me like abhorred. And I was like, oh shoot, I said something wrong there. And what I what I asked her was, hey, do you have any sexual intercourse? <laughs> and the difference from Xiang Jiao banana and Xing Jiao was so similar in my young, didn't understand Mandarin way. I embarrassed this young woman so much she could not speak to me. And I was so embarrassed, I didn't even didn't even end up buying the bananas. We walked out and was super embarrassed. Sometimes it's those little moments that make it so memorable. And I, I'll never forget that word now. No. Nope. So, just like public, you're like, I'm never going to misspell public as pubic ever again. Nope. So. Never, ever again. Never, ever again. <laughs> it's so true. So sometimes uh, we need to lean into those mistakes and don't, don't let those mistakes like wear you down. Like I could have beaten myself up and be like, oh, that was horrible. But actually... In, in language learning, in business, those mistakes will empower us to do better. They empower us to, to say, wow, I, I made a really big mistake and I'm okay. Wow, Let, let's keep going. We can do this. So uh, we are right, right at the end of, of our time. Carol, thank you so much for your, your insights. It's so much fun to talk with you and get to know you a little bit better. Uh, tell us how, how my, my audience and everyone else can get to know you a little bit more. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, you, you, your audience can find me on my website, which is uh, www.carolmetzmurray.com. You can find me there. And they can also find me on LinkedIn at Carol Metzmurray. You can find me on Facebook. Again, Carol Metzmurray. You can find me on Facebook um, business as the human development leader as human development leadership. And on Instagram, I'm Carol Metz2718. Uh, Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, energy, and effort that you've you put into our community today. And always fun to talk with you in that uh, that speaker group. So awesome. Okay. And can I leave you with one final thing? Thank I would you. love that. And I am going, well, I'm not going to, I've already done this, is I have sent you a huge virtual hug. And I will just tell you that the acronym, the hug or hugs mm -hmm. stands for help us grow spiritually. So okay. hugs are an absolute heart to heart connection. I love giving hugs. And the meaning of, you know, the acronym of hugs got downloaded for me one day when I was walking on the beach in Vancouver. So yes, it's help us grow spiritually. Help us grow spiritually hugs. Thank yes. you. For that. It's a great little acronym. I, I think it's, it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll close the live stream, but once again, thanks so much guys. Uh, feel free those that are still online uh, to, uh, to stick around, I'm going to send you guys a little gift just for being on today. Uh, it's my leveling up social media uh, PDF that I wrote recently and really grateful to have you on uh, one more time, guys. I'm going to stop the live stream. Bye, Facebook. Okay, perfect. I'm going to send this to you guys in the chat as well. And then if 
if you have any specific questions, we'll we'll give give you one or two uh, questions and you can ask Carol and then we'll be off on our way. Uh, we've got Divya and Theo and Berta and Joy and uh, Carly. Thank you so much for being on today, guys. Go ahead. If you have any specific questions, would love to um, to let you guys on there. I'll, I'll unpin here. Remove pin. Remove pin. Yeah, go ahead. And if you have a specific question, feel free to, to ask it. Uh, otherwise, we'll we'll um, we'll end it right here. And thank you for being on today, guys. We've got uh, Carly as well, and we had Deborah and Chuck and Doug and Amy and Celeste. I think I said everybody's name. And Theo, perfect. Well, let me give you this. Uh, this is my intake form for my virtual newsletter that I send out, uh, and it has updates about when I do my podcasts. It also has different uh, value adds with. Uh, understanding, you know, real estate and business and stuff like that. So would love to to connect with you guys there. If you haven't already gotten my, uh, my newsletters before, hopefully they're very, very valuable. And I'm always doing my best to, to provide value first, value first. That's so, so important. So here it is in the chat under that form. If you guys uh, click that, it'll bring up a, a way that you can, can connect with me a little bit uh, more and you can read my little book that I wrote. It's kind of fun. Uh, I, I took different ideas from, from people all across uh, my, my uh, understanding of social media. And it's been really fun. So if you guys have any other specific questions, we can uh, do that. Got a moment left. Any questions? Going once. Going twice. All right. Just so that we have one extra little thing of value. Do you have any other things, Carol, that you're like, oh, this is a story I wish I would have said, but I didn't. Mm. No, I, there, yeah, I, I could get into more and more stories. Oh, for sure. This has, been, this has been wonderful. I feel so blessed to have spent this hour with you and to get to know you. And thank you to everybody who was on the call as well. So happy that you are here. And in closing, for all of you, and for everyone, everywhere, everyone be blessed. Thank you so much. Okay, God bless, guys. Have a great rest of your day. See ya.